Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church. My name is uh, Pastor Joel Hess, and uh, I have the privilege of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with you. Thanks for listening, and if you'd like to support the ministry, the mission that God is doing here in the uh, Lincoln Park area through St. James, please go to our website and uh, donate online. Thanks for listening. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You can say amen. All right. It's a quiet second service. My, I can't hear you sing. What's going on out there? Oh. All right, let me just shake it up a little bit here. So this fellow, Polycarp, ever hear this guy's name? Great name, by the way, if you want to name your kid. If you're going to have a kid, I highly suggest Polycarp. Uh, but that's my suggestion, so you got to pay me five bucks for that. Polycarp, this great hero, second century of the church, uh, student of John, uh, the guy that wrote about the, wrote the Revelation, had the Revelation wrote about it. And uh, he had become quite a leader in the church, of course, a bishop uh, somewhere, I think Smyrna in that area. And um, he was, uh, it was the second century, it was the great wave of persecution. I think there were three or four of them. And they came to Smyrna, the, uh, the uh, Roman governor at the time, and they told uh, Polycarp, that uh, he needs to uh, burn a little pinch of incense and say that Caesar is Lord and they won't kill him. Polycarp was 86 years old at the time and he looked at, uh, he looked at um, the fellow and he said, you know, Jesus has served me pretty well for 86 years so far. I'm not going to let him down. And uh, I didn't do it. And so they took him away and burned him at the stake um, and stuck a spear in him and all sorts of nasty things that the Romans were really good at doing. What an amazing statement, what a martyrdom that would be to die, to, to have a moment like that where you're asked to deny Jesus and uh, he does not. Instead, he dies instead. Well, I mean, could you think of a greater thing to do as a Christian, right? I mean, how amazing. It's got to blow your mind, someone doing something like that. Apparently, as he was going to the uh, place of execution, he told his, his uh, church members that were all there kind of crying and walking beside him, and he said, you know, Heavenly Father, thank you for this privilege of joining all the others who died in such a manner. If you were to call someone a saint, it would be this guy, right? I mean, Polycarp. First of all, he has this cool name, and he did an amazing thing. He went to his death for Christ. And surely it is. But is that what a saint is? You know, when Polycarp died, they already had a number of others, as he mentioned, who died because they were a Christian 
and they would gather them. What would happen every, every day, a hero like that would die. They would gather his bones, and they would bury him. And then every year, annually, they would go to that area, and they would remember this fellow who, or woman who died in the faith. They'd say prayers, and they would hear the Word of God preached. And they have, quite honestly, they have a little service. They'd have communion, the whole nine yards. So they did it every time to honor a saint that died. Pretty soon, they... Every day was filled with these saints. And so about 400, 500 AD, they decided, you know what? Let's just have one day and we're going to call it All Saints Day, right? And then we can remember all these little guys. You know, you got your big ones that they still would celebrate and we still do today. But all the other ones, let's just huddle them all together in one day. All Saints Day. And here we are. Celebrating All Saints Day. What in the world does that mean? What is a saint? Is a saint only someone who goes to their death for Jesus? If that's so, would you be able to do that, by the way? What Polycarp did? If you were asked right now, deny Jesus and I'll let you live, could you do it? Do you think about this? Do you know by the way that most of the world actually has to live like that. Did you know this? <laughs> most of your Christian brothers and sisters in Christ actually do have to risk their life. There are people being uh, arrested in China because they walked to their friend's house with open carry. They have open carry laws. But they're not, for us, with liquor, but there it's with the Bible. Could you do it? We can barely get up in the morning to come to 9 o'clock service. Right? So are we saints? What does it mean to be a saint? Will you stand before the Lord as Polycarp is right now? You know, over time, this idea of sainthood, as you can imagine, evolved. And they took examples like Polycarp, these great heroes of the faith, and they were labeled saints. And that's why some, they started to teach by Luther's day, they had already been teaching for a while, that if you really do these great works as a Christian and they outweigh your bad works, then you'll be able to skip purgatory and enter right into the realms of Jesus. And that's why some people today pray to saints because they are told that they are saints because of their great actions. And of course, they believe in Jesus. And they're right before Jesus, and if you pray to them, they've got direct access to Christ. Is that what a saint is? Are you a saint? Are you a really good person? Have your good deeds outweighed your bad deeds yet? What do you think? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know you very well, but I'm pretty sure you haven't even come close to having more good deeds than bad deeds. And I don't even know why that even matters because nowhere in the Bible does it say there's some kind of balancing act where you have to have more good deeds than bad deeds. So are you a saint? No, we shouldn't be. Man, we, uh, we aren't righteous. You're not righteous. <laughs> you might look good on the outside, but our thoughts, our behavior, our words, our desires... Atreus, we are not saints, are we? Or are we? John writes these powerful words in his uh, first letter there, geniusly titled First John. 
And he writes this in chapter 3, if you want to, you can read along with me. He says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us. And I like this language. He could say, listen, I'm going to tell you an abstract idea as how God is loving. But he says, look with your eyes what kind of love the Father has given to us. In other words, you can see, if you're wondering whether or not God loves you, you don't need to imagine it. You can see it as his son hangs on the cross. You ever wonder in your life whether or not God is for you, whether he loves you? Don't take my word for it, but look to his son who dies for you. That's insane. Who put blood on the cross, who went to the burial, you know, who was buried for us. See what kind of love the Father has for us? Look to that cross, man. Whenever you're doubting, whenever you think God doesn't love you or doesn't care about what you're going through or you're wondering what God's will is in your life, you look to that cross and who cares what God's will is for your life? He loves you. And it will be okay. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. And then John says this. This is what's crazy about God's love. That we should be called children of God. And so we are. You know how insane God's love is? That you are called a child of God. That Lila is called a child of God. That's insane. You know why that's insane? Because we ain't saints. <laughs> we don't act like it. We don't live like it. We got a past that people do not know. We don't want them to know. And we sure as heck don't want anybody to know what's going on through our head all the time. You want to know how much God loves you? He calls you his child. That's insane. That's crazy. See what John's doing here? Look how crazy God's love is for you. That you and all your sins and all that you've done... And all your misdeeds, you get to be called a child of God. Why? Because look at God's love on the cross. Jesus died for you. You see, in the Bible, a saint, which literally means righteous one, holy one. That's what it means. A saint is not one who does what saints do, though hopefully we do sometimes in our lives. A saint is not something you do it's something you are, and it's given to you by the blood of Christ. In baptism, this little lady, with all, and she's going to sin more. I'm sorry, guys. She is, her sins are covered by the blood of Christ. When the Lord looks at Lila, he sees that white robe. He sees a saint covered by the blood of Jesus, and the same for you. And that's what's grace, and that's how crazy God's love is for us. That we get to be called saints. And if you don't believe me, you keep on looking in the Bible. Each letter that Paul writes, he begins by saying, to the saints in Rome, to the saints in Galatia, to the saints in Corinth, to the saints in, in Ephesus. He calls believers saints, period. Not because they act like saints or are perfect people or do good things all the time, but because Jesus died for them and they simply trust that. They believe and therefore they are righteous. That we talked about last week. That's what a saint is. So do you see any saints here in this room? I see a lot. All of you. It's a total gift. Isn't that awesome? You are a saint. 
I am a saint. My wife does not believe it, I'm sure, sometimes. But I tell her, God loves me more than you do. (laughs) Amen to that, right? John goes on, he says, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. John reminds us, saints, that we don't look like saints in this world. We don't look like children of God. And not just because we don't act like it, and Lord have mercy, we do not act like it. And let us repent of that, right? But we don't look like it either in that our lives are not all these powerful, amazing things. You know, back in Jesus' day, the Pharisees would say, if life is going great for you, if you have lots of riches, if you're successful and you have lots of kids, they would say, that's what's blessed. God must really love that person, and that person is blessed. And that's why Jesus comes along and he says revolutionary things. What does he say? He says, no, no, that's not what's blessed. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the mourn, those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. He flips it all over and he says the people that are blessed are not people that have everything here in this world. The people are blessed through those who realize that they are not saints, that they don't have righteousness, that they're dying, and that the world's dying, and it stinks. The people who are blessed are the people that know they are desperately in need. They are the ones that see truly, as John says, the love of the Father for them. They are the saints, and that is us. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are, and so you are. Praise God. Now, let's act like it. Let's act like children of God that we already are as saints. And do good things and love our neighbor and share the goodness of Christ and be generous. Don't worry about doing extra. Who cares about, you don't need to do an extraordinary thing like polycarp and die. That isn't, that's not what saints do. It might be. I hope it doesn't happen to any of you. But really what we're called is the small sainthood of sharing, of being generous, of caring about others, of seeing the needy and the hurting. Ordinary acts of love in your family. That's the saintly actions. It's not some extraordinary thing. That's not what we're called to do, but ordinary acts of love. But all of it, we know that we are saints, not because of what we do, but what Jesus has done for us. This past Thursday, we had a funeral, and what better time to have a funeral than on All Saints Day? We officially celebrate that on, on November 1st. And so we had a funeral for a fellow, maybe you know him, Craig Chemnitz. Craig's a saint. I got to stand there and tell his family how much of a saint he was. Now, they might have argued with me saying, I don't think so. <laughs> he wasn't this, he wasn't that, he wasn't the best person. I'm sure his wife had plenty of stories, his wives do. Oh, Craig's not a saint. But no, I could say he was a saint. Because Jesus died for him. And he believed that. 
And what's especially moving about Craig's story is that not only did he trust that, but this man who had everything going for him about 10 years ago, I think, or so, would you say like that? You know, he started suffering terribly, unknown illnesses, debilitating his body, taking and robbing him of all the, the, the stuff that he loved to do, quite honestly. Was he still a child of God? Was he still a saint? Absolutely. And what's really cool about stories of Craig is he didn't stop. It wasn't because he had some incredible perseverance in him. It's because Craig knew that no matter what he might look like on the outside, God loves him. No matter what might be going on in his life, he knew that God was for him because he knew John's words, look what kind of love the Father has for us, that he would call me a child of God. And no matter what Craig saw, he believed he was a child of God, that he was a saint. And I got to tell him that day, last Thursday, that he was. And he's looking at Jesus right now face to face. And the cool thing here is what Paul, what does John say? Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we will see him as he is. A day is coming when you will see your sainthood. You won't simply believe it. You will see Jesus who died and rose. What you believe in standing right before you, you will see your brother and sister in Christ not being the sinner that they are and not being disabled or dying or tied to hospital tubes, that we will see with our own resurrected eyes and touch with our resurrected hands the saints of God. And there will never be a tear again, nor sorrow. Can't wait for that day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.